Welcome to The Nest Show, the podcast that brings you insights into the crypto market, trading and investment experiences, and what we're looking forward to as we navigate the space together. Today, we bring you an unprecedented breakdown of the Bitcoin chart powered by none other than Crypto Burb himself. This show will provide you deep insights into how Burb rationalizes chart dynamics to put forth proven Bitcoin projections time and time again. He's joined by our esteemed guest and crypto OG SoCal and comparing and contrasting traditional charting elements. Later on, Sponge draws out still deeper methodologies that can and should be used in any charting practice. You will not want to miss today's deep dive to demystify TA in this episode of The Nest Show. Once again, thank you for joining us and we hope you enjoy the ride. What The Nest Show is. This is a podcast brought to you by the Burb Nest community an independent crypto-centered trading community built to sharpen each other in capturing opportunities in the markets while protecting capital along the way. What this is not, trading advice. We are not financial advisors, and you should not regard any information here or in the Nest Club as financial advice. You should always consult a licensed financial advisor before making any financial decisions. SoCal is joining us for the first time. And SoCal, thank you so much. He got into crypto at the end of 2013, although he didn't join crypto Twitter for another couple months or so. SoCal helped pioneer spec mining along with others like Not So Fast and continues to mine and trade BTC and altcoins today, along with being a founding member of CoinHQ. SoCal, thank you so much for being here. Hey, thanks for having me on, guys. Appreciate it. And our special guest, Crypto Burb. Adrian, how are you, brother? Yeah, I'm very good. Thanks. That's that's great to be here again. Right on. Well, listen, we're just going to go ahead and jump right into it because, uh, Adrian, I know that you have uh, the uh, the chart uh, pulled up for Bitcoin. But um, yeah, in this episode, we're going to be discussing some kind of in-depth uh, technical analysis for the Bitcoin chart and possibly others. But so that our listeners uh, can join us on visuals as well, we do have visual aids and screen shares pulled up. So please feel free to check us out on any vi visual meeting the medium that you're joining us in. You have that Bitcoin chart pulled up. What are we looking at? Yeah, sure. So uh, first off, this is a long term, long term like long term chart, logarithmic chart uh, involving the entire price history of Bitcoin. And to be specific, the Bitcoin liquidity index, right? The Brave Newcomb BNC. Uh, liquidity index uh, for Bitcoin, and uh, the whole point, the whole point of of today's discussion, I think, is the question that everybody is is interesting and and even more interesting when Bitcoin keeps pumping like crazy. Um, will Bitcoin grow to them highs? Right. This is probably the uh, one of the most burning questions that only future knows the answer to. And uh, I would definitely like to bring a few closer points and looks here and there throughout the Bitcoin's history and potential ways to spot where we could be within the Bitcoin market cycle right now and what can what what potential conclusions we can draw from that. And uh, that would be awesome to to go uh, right away and then and, and just give it to give a deep dive uh, in into the Bitcoin history. What I would like you definitely to start and and then just notice is that um, what is very hmm, what is very visible, I say, in this very chart, is that we can see some repetitive formulas, right? We can see some repetitive peaks that just come up and and then simply after are followed by by some uh, downtrends, and uh, this is the very nature of every living element around us or even not even the living right for for the way that we perceive because a stone like I'm, I'm, I'm just going like a slight side digression about it but this corresponds very well with every matter that we'll be discussing within the technical analysis if you think about it every piece of like around us every piece of of, of the universe is, consists of matter it consists of, of particles it consists of chemical compounds and consists of you know protons neutrons electrons going subatomic or quarks, right? Or we just go even deeper and deeper and deeper, etc. The whole point of that is that every tiniest element of the matter is always living for the dynamics that it's being surrounded with. And uh, all the different forces and energy flow that, that is just that being present in the universe makes every element of matter oscillate 
every movement is just simply comes from from the forces. And uh, when there is a force, like ju just go in and watch the you know second law of dynamics by Newton. When there is a force given, uh, there is a motion also. When and then and vice versa. When there is a motion, it means that the mo there had to be some force to move it. And uh, for all that, every living part, every part that surrounds us that consists of matter, is moving and oscillating. It's just moving constant vibrations. And vibrations are nothing less than just sine curves or cosine curves, right? On a logarithmic chart. Or like on the, in this logarithmic chart, you, you can see that pretty well for all the fluctuations, for all the oscill oscillations, right? What is an oscillation, though? And we need to understand that pretty well. Uh, oscillation is a type of movement that just comes, that just follows the same um, periodically. It just follows the very same path, right? So if there is, let's say, like a starting point, like a reference point somewhere in the middle, the oscillation would be for on the example of a sine curve, uh, would be just following some certain um, some certain movements upwards and downwards and fluctuate around some some neutral point, right? And if you think about it, every trend visible in the technical analysis chart uh, is just simply doing the very same, right? And this is a very clear explanation um, behind it. There is a very clear reason behind it because we consist of matter as people, and people create markets, right? People move the markets. People are just simply deciding upon the price uh, and the future, you know, just market behavior. So if we as people oscillate for our entire matter that we consist of, then it means that the markets that we create as people would oscillate too. Everything that we touch just simply oscillates, right? This is. This is a very fair principle. Like I'm not, I'm not quite sure if something like uh, something like that been, been been already mentioned or proven in books, but I will make sure to put it in my own book in the next year. This is this is a very logical way I think to to perceive the fact that the market fluctuates, that the market you know points some points some repetitive formulas, right? And uh, that every every just simply chart that you would go and and, and try to analyze would have some fluctuations that happen on every time frame that happened on every period. And this is what we call the fractal nature of that, right? So this, all these bigger trends that you can see over here, right? All these uptrends and downtrends are visible uh, for their secondary oscillations over there, right? Every kind of movement on the market cycle is just followed on the market cycle as well, but this is this is why it's called a cycle, right? A cycle, like for the, for the sine curve, uh, is simply the time, the period, uh, between the two peaks or the two troughs, okay? Or the two, two crossing the neutral points, okay? And uh, this is what we what we label as a T, or there's a capital T in physics as a, as a period, as a time of a cycle, right? And if you go and dive even deeper in, in cycle theories and from, from finance and from, uh, you know, technical analysis, uh, when, I was, when I was doing, you know, um, my, my CMT course the other day, um, there was a huge chunk of information about the market cycles and a few principles, right? Such as, for example, synchronicity or, or just harmonicity that it's kind of like geometrically connected with each other, right? So there can be like, if, if you're not familiar with, for example, Gantt theory, I'm not like, I'm personally not using that. I'm not the greatest fan of that. But, uh, you know, all, all Gantt theory is pretty much about the geometrics, finding the geometric formula in, in charts. And uh, I think in, it, it just simply corresponds somehow up to the point with how we can profit from that, okay? Because still, the only reason for us to watch the chart, apart from, you know, just performing some, some uh, primitive lines over here and there, uh, is just to make them money on that, right? I think everybody agrees. And... Uh, to make a good money, you need to understand well what you're dealing with. And to understand well, you need to be very aware of the cyclicity of the market. Every market cycles. It just goes and goes and cycles. So every pump will be followed by a dump. And every dump will be followed by a pump. Unless, like, the, the asset is dead. Right? No, no, nothing will help to to price price to rise if the, if there is no market, if there is no uh, anybody to push the price, right? If there are no interest uh, participants. So uh, after we've accepted the main rule, I think of of and the main 
awareness point that the market is moving in cycles, then we can go and see how beautiful it looks and just points towards the marking out the tops and peaks over the Bitcoin history. I think you can you can see you should be able to see all these peaks that are marked out. But at the same time, it means that every peak is followed by a bottom. And every bottom is followed by a peak and hence makes the full cycle. So every bottom that you can spot over here, right? Or over here in the form of some accumulation perhaps, like a shorter or longer. Every uh every hmm, there was a drop dropping tendency before before this this very last drop here just by the way gauging on the unregistered bitcoin price history i definitely go suggest you go and read uh, some some materials all online every bull and bear market right based on the dow theory because we mainly um we mainly need to also understand just before i continue on that we need to also understand apart from the far about from the fact that market is moving in cycles we need to understand what the trend is this is the key um keyword i think in technical analysis and trend is nothing else but than a directional movement every model every every movement would always have some deviations right so it's not always like a you know trend line to be 100% you know respected by some moving assets there would be there would always be some deviations but the whole thing is that trend is not invalid, invalidated in full as a directional movement if the trend line is broken for a second and still manages to climb up and close above right i i think this is this is also like a very holy grail of of technical analysis that nothing works 100% perfectly nothing works 100% perfectly in the reality at all because now, even if there is a model, some kind of a, like a model, if you go and look for, for the definitions of what the model is, there's, this is simply like a system of assumptions, like a system of estimations that are doomed to fail and never have 100% accuracy. So knowing all that, that every market is deviated, every movement is deviated, and every market moves in cycles, and every market performs and moves in trends based on the Dow theory and just simply our plain observations. Then you can go and actually just spot some interesting conclusions over that. What I definitely like you to notice is, as I said, you can definitely tell that uh, there is some repetitiveness, right? There is some repetition. There is some repetition over the time for Bitcoin. And uh, every peak, right? We how much like if if we go and count it up, we have seen one, two, three peaks so far, right? And we have seen for uh one two three four bottoms right so it obviously is just getting very simple assumption already based on the based on technical analysis uh theorems right which one of them is that um history repeats itself right but all we know for a fact history doesn't repeat but it often rhymes instead right so there are some similarities it will never be the same Again, I'm referring here to, to, to the nature of physics and Newton dynamics, for example. Nothing is ever the same any next second. And uh, so the mistaken assumption is to perceive technical analysis as something that would just keep working forever. Okay, It can hint us about some potential movements and what to expect and what not. But definitely do not rely 100% on that because this is still... This is still uh, you know, high chances of, of simply performing bad over using simple charts. And knowing all that, right? Knowing knowing all that, uh, all these theorems and actual practices, we can spot an easy way, right? That we have seen, like if we start over here, right? This would be, now let me actually just put another color, right? This is like our starting point. So here is a first point, okay? Here is the first peak. Mm. Here's the second dump, uh, second second bottom. Here's the second peak, right? Here's the third bottom and the third peak, etc. And all in all, we have seen four bottoms and three peaks. Okay, so uh, if everything moves in cycles, then in technical analysis perspective, from this perspective, we could see and expect potential time highs from the very. Um, not sophisticated estimations, right? Just the pure logic. If you go and see, every peak is much more aggressive, it seems, than, a, than a every bottom, okay? 
And uh, and this is pretty much like because market is pumped with capital. Okay, this is a huge, great aggression. This is a market euphoria stage for for crypto and for any other market. And this is a very big aggression to realize any profits taken after writing rallying uh, after writing the all, all the rallies, right? While at the same time, it's interesting to see and to spot that bottoms of the market cycles tend to form uh, and perform longer over the time, right? And uh, the accumulation periods, as you can tell by this, right? And the accumulation is pretty much, or AKA consolidation, is just like a mm, time for the market to take a breath and change potentially the direction, okay? This is like a no trading time, the, like horizontal trends or consolidations, right? Or rectangle patterns. Uh, this is what we call as a no, no, simply situation with no trend, okay? But all in all, we are having obviously three, three types of trends to be to be used in, in technical analysis. You know, the tech upward trend, the upside trend, the downside trend, and the horizontal trend. And uh, knowing all that, so every, like a simple, the simplest Dow theory, you know, based on the Dow theory, you know, market cycle model, is that we are having the accumulation period, we are having some participation, we are having the distribution of profits, participation in the down rally and another accumulation right and see how it well performs like ideologically with uh with the cyclicity of markets just given as a sign curve for example right and um every accumulation period is simply taking more time to realize right this one was actually very very sharp V-type reversal or even some kind of logarithmic, you know, cap and handle perhaps. Um, but uh, all in all, markets take time to recover. Because here at the very opposite edge of the euphoria, what we have is a depression. Okay? What we have is a depression. And when market is depressed, it means people are fucking depressed. And nobody's even interesting in charting. Nobody's can even, you know, nobody can even watch the chart anymore because they are so fed up with that. They just won't take it anymore, right? They lost on the, all their profits for the risk aversion for, for not being able to, uh, for the loss aversion, not being able to admit the loss to themselves. So they, they lost all the money here. They're very depressed. Nobody's interested. Bitcoin's dead, bro. Bitcoin's dead. It's just going, you know, it's just going south, right? And this is the time for the big money to accumulate. And this is what we perform to see as a horizontal trend, especially after bear markets. Okay, so this is this is where big, big wise money uh, come up uh, to chime in with the market. Yeah, so uh, what we definitely need to notice in the very chart is that every based on these Dow theory, you know, Dow theorems and and other technical analysis uh, principles, uh, every market cycle right starts at the total fear and depression. It just follows the participation, and everybody when they see. Uh, when they see, you know, that the market market is living without them, right? They think like, oh shit, I really need to get in. I really need to get in on that train, okay? Otherwise, they just live without me. So people are f like freaking losing their minds when they are missing out the opportunities. That's where the fear FOMO comes. That's the, where the fear of missing out uh, phenomenon comes, right? And uh, after that, the big money would just want to one day, perhaps... Uh, realize the profit, right? Because still, what I keep repeating, unrealized profit is no profit. And uh, it follows up with, uh, with a huge and aggressive sell-off and the, and the peak of the peak of euphoria when everybody's getting rich and their grandma's dogs, goldfish. And uh, this is the time that you go and realize your profits, right? And hence, the big price drop comes, right? And again, there is a, another... There is another uh, opportunity for uh, for to to accumulate to accumulate. There is another opportunity to accumulate. Definitely, if you can go and and, and watch uh, this part, is follow every bear market is followed by an accumulation, right? You're having accumulation here. You're having an accumulation either here, very short term, right, in this form of this of this uh, you know a V shape type of reversal, right? Or we just can qualify that as well as a form of uh, you know large 
large, uh, you know, kind of like an ascending triangle. But it, in, on the on the linear chart, it will not obviously be um, be the the ascending triangle itself, right? But all in all, what counts is that there is a period that people would just accumulate the orders, right? They would just accumulate because they can see that this asset is undervalued at that given point. And again, when this breaks out of some above some key levels, it just follows for the participation, right? And the fall cycle closes uh, at the very same peak, right? Just higher at the all-time high in this very case. And again, bear market, accumulation, participation, all-time high, right? And again, bear market, accumulation, participation, but this is, uh, this is like a minor part, uh, minor bear market, right? And what we can expect just based on what I already said, is uh, we are missing the fourth peak. We are having four bottoms, but three peaks, right? And every followed, every bottom so far was followed by an all-time high. So technical analysis would say that we should expect a new all-time high in this very case. And uh, so the question is how it is possible uh, to even project uh, if it's, you know, if it can come or not, right? And uh, what I think, what I think, uh, knowing that this is an emerging market, you can definitely tell that the interest over the time is just simply growing. It's not curving down, right? It just goes up, it goes up, followed by, uh, by some, you know, by some very aggressive growth trend line. Okay, this obviously should be ideally smooth in here, but it's not. Um, and the same goes for the actual opposite edge of the resistances. Okay, that there is. So the logical extension of that, like some extrapolation, would be to expect some potential on-time highs after we break off this potential reaccumulation phase that was just to be spotted, for example, right here, right? Or after every after every breakout here of the accumulation phase, there is like a reaccumulation period, right? Here, for example. There is like a reaccumulation period as well, right? Or here. And the what I consider this to be is just simply breakout of accumulation up to this point, up to 14k. Here the reaccumulation, long-term wedge or, or or descending channel, whatever, it doesn't even count. And uh, we just seen, we've just seen, you know, for from the long-term perspective, the breakout of the uh, of the long-term of the six-month plus uh, reaccumulation period, and uh, this just tells me that we could expect a precise continuation, right? Especially that every halving brings new all-time high historically as well, and the timing is just around the corner, right? It's just coming two, three months from now. So all in all, all the technicals, like from the very fresh view, are set bullish for Bitcoin long-term. But I've got a, a question. Um, I'm going to try and articulate it in the simplest terms I possibly can. Um, you spoke earlier about the movement of particles um, and sine waves and the restrictions of, of the movement of particles. Basically, from my basic understanding of, of Newtonian dynamics in regards to trading, particles are, are restricted by constraints of, of degrees of freedom. So my question to you is, obviously, looking at this logarithmic chart, you can see that there's quite an obvious curve to the Bitcoin chart. I guess my question to you is, based on the principles of Newtonian dynamics, the particles, you know, in, in movement and, and obviously that has been applied rare, in rare cases to trading, um, only have a certain restriction of movement. And in, in this curve, we only have this certain, you can, obviously you can see the uh, parameters that the charts trapped within. So Bitcoin being a deflationary asset, could it be argued that at some point we would break from this logarithmic curve to create obviously like larger highs? Um, to almost break upwards from this current curve trend that we have. Yeah, sure. So um, I think that what we need to understand, like from the very basic point of view, is uh, how it would, if we are asking, like if, if the question regards the actual value that Bitcoin can get or um, or the actual representation in the logarithmic chart, because as you can tell, but just watching uh, the, you know, the right right side for, for the scale, right? The greater the levels are, you know, the point of the logarithmic scale is that it's just, uh, that it just, there is um, um, the same, the same 
length, the same size, let's say, of, of, of the boxes or of the distances on the scale are taken by greater and greater and greater and greater uh, values, right? On the, on, the, on the scale. So all in all, in this very chart, it, it could even go like, you know, extremely super crazy. And uh, like for, for the Bitcoin price, it could go extremely super crazy and still look as somewhat flat, okay? Uh, because it would trade so high, simply that the values would be so squeezed out on a logarithmic chart, it would not really look like a, it would just look like it stopped trending, okay? But in fact, what you would see on the linear chart, it would just still keep rallying, okay? And um, and so this is definitely with regard to the to the applying, you know, some trend lines on logarithmic charts. So we need to very be very aware for how it you know how it works for the nature of of, of logarithmic function or logarithmic simply scales, right? And uh, with regard to the you know perhaps more econometrics. Uh, of 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 the Bitcoin, well, I think there's always a question for uh, what the value is, what we consider to be the value, what we consider to be valuable that makes people desire, right? That makes people desire what they what they really want to have or achieve or own. And um, as much if you're asking me, <laughs> if you're asking me if Bitcoin is going to become a global currency. Uh, then, uh, then I would probably need to be very aware and honestly pessimistic about it. But that comes not from the fact that I don't consider that to be break uh, breakthrough, you know, moment in, in civilization history. But uh, I think there are like too many varieties in the world. There are too many differences between uh, between the, all the nations and all the countries and all the you know just roots that we that we all have. Yeah, that this is simply not possible to put everybody, like 7 billion plus people, in one box. Okay, it's impossible. And this is much, you know, you can create many different models, like economic models, on, on how, to, how to govern such, uh, such matter from the economic point of view, for example. But I don't think it will just call millions for Bitcoin, right? I don't think Bitcoin would be worth millions. So, uh, and remembering that it just costs, you know, the, gro the greater it grows in price, the more flat it will look technically on the log chart, logarithmic chart. Um, I, I, I don't really think we could spot that breakout. So this, this breakthrough for the logarithmic curve, uh, logarithmic trend line, right? Some over there. This would probably put push it Bitcoin like up up to the limits of millions dollars and uh like as much as i like bitcoin as much as i like being a trader for bitcoin i also vote for being very reasonable and rational in that and i don't think there is a reason for people to uh to to just encapsulate so much value and as we call it intermagical money right right on and there's some great points there adrian um so Kyle, i'd love to bring you in on this um Specific to Bitcoin, but also pertaining to, uh, you know, any other asset chart and your personal trading style. There are a lot of different, you know, charting styles and and different weights associated with prominence for uh, for what people are looking for, depending on their own kind of personal trading strategy. When you're looking at a at a fresh chart, say for instance, the chart on the screen right now is is uh, you know just naked candles. You know what are the what are the main things that you look for when you first are, are kind of um, appreciating uh, an assets chart and uh, and kind of how you identify um, you know the tradability of it and and uh, as it pertains to your personal strategy. Uh, well, yeah, look like uh, using the the chart that we have right now uh, pulled up. I would look for patterns basically. Uh, as Burb was saying, we've had uh, four dips and three peaks. So, you know, logic would dictate that we're due for another peak before we have another prolonged dip. Uh, so something like that. But normally I utilized uh, many other factors than just looking for 
what amounts to fractals. You know, I, I'll use uh, volume, price action, many other factors, you know, they, that goes into trying to uh, determine a uh, where a asset's price may be headed so I can uh, enter the most effective uh, trade. Right on. And, and as far as uh, Bitcoin price action goes with what we're looking at there, for your own personal um you know, kind of trading philosophy, uh, and especially on some of the smaller uh, cap projects that you uh, may trade on various exchanges, you know, for projecting, uh, you know, targets, you know, and in price discovery, do you primarily rely on uh, on FIB extensions, you know, or, or do you look at uh, uh, another kind of um, uh, uh, a theoretical device to uh, to um, you know uh, try to capture uh, the peak of a uh, of a breakout. I I do like fib extensions, but not in the traditional sense. As in, uh, I kind of use them to front run everybody mm-hmm. <laughs> as because I, I know you know that's uh, some of the detractors of TA will say, oh, it's a it's a self fulfilling prophecy. You know, just because enough people do the exact same thing, then that's why it happens. Well, yeah, no shit. That's why it happens. So then you know what's going to happen. Duh. You know what I mean? So, uh, 100% correct. I, I, that's won't, perfect. I won't follow the FIB extensions directly, but uh, I'll be around them so that I can, you know, more uh, easily ensure that a trade will hit one way or the other. And uh, other than that, uh, just looking at, you know, the, the current price action and then just setting a small, because, you know, if it's a uh, intraday scalp that I'm trying to do or something, I'm obviously going to be looking at low time frame, you know, 15 minute chart, hour chart, uh, 15 minute chart, if you're really degen, but uh, you know, mm-hmm. our, our chart at least, then, you know, I'll, I'll be happy with, you know, 10% profit, uh, you know, something small, you know, just compact because, you know, if you're doing 10%, five, six, seven times a day, well, then, you know, that's, that's actually quite a bit. And then also you're compounding as well, because, uh, you know, after each trade, you have 10% more than you did previously. So if you're also moving up your position size by 10% each time, you're compounding your gains massively uh, throughout a day. Now that is extremely risky, also to you know be day trading that much. But uh, I'm just saying, for example, you know. Absolutely, and a follow up to that. Please take my money. Um, <laughs> yeah, right. So yeah. I mean, it really just depends on on what I'm trying to do. You know, uh, fib extensions are are useful for longer term stuff, but I'll just go with very small traditional uh, profit margins uh for you know short time frame scalps absolutely and i think that's much more uh a much more responsible practice that i'm sure most of our listeners adhere to you know, burb coming back to you for a moment uh you know with this bitcoin chart in particular um i know that this is on the uh the weekly time frame but uh but if we could zoom into uh a daily or, or a shorter uh shorter time frame I know that our, a lot of our listeners are, you know, in high anticipation of, of you know, what uh, uh, some of the activity might look like for the rest of the calendar year. And obviously not not asking for anybody to, uh, you know, give hard and fast predictions here is that would be um, the folly for fools. But um, I would love to hear some of your thoughts based on what you're seeing on the chart. Yeah, most certainly. So um, as much as I am, you know, a big fan of watching high time frame charts, I definitely think this is a huge importance to know and spot and discuss and coach about shorter movements, right? Uh, at least it's definitely needed to use at least uh, like when, when you, for example, want to want to scale in or scale out of your position, right? You cannot really scale in or scale out at certain specific levels watching all the entire, you know, year to date, all the history to date chart. And uh, for this reason, I definitely enjoy launching the daily charts, the weekly charts. And the way I see that and the way I use my charts is simply I choose three charts to rely on mainly. One of them is a high time frame chart, um, medium time frame, 
and low time frame. And I watch all of these three classes of charts. And I most usually, depending on what type of moves uh, I want to do or perform, I'm watching either weekly, 12 hours um, and four hours, if I want to perform mid, mid, mid time frame swings, or if I want to perform higher frequency swings or lower time frame swings simply, yes, I decide to go and take it from 12 hours, right, through four hours to one. And this way, I'm able to watch um, the global context, the local context of a market, and the potential zone to scale in or scale out, right? So this way, I am narrowing down the time, tra down the time frames uh, in order to actually know about specific entries or exit points. And uh, as you can even spot out here in this very section for um, for for the indicator, this this is called Burbicator, and this is free. You can you can go and check it on on the TV on the Trading View. It's free, and uh, it includes momentum ribbon. It includes stochastic, okay, stochastic oscillator, which is the momentum oscillator, and it just shows you the pace of a trend. Right and potential when the momentum just kind of like slopes down, it is it is it simply means that uptrend is just finishing, right? Because it's losing the steam. That's how that's how we need to interpret that. And when when the momentum is increasing, you need to un interpret that in the way that the market is gaining the steam. Okay, and uh, knowing all that, knowing all that, uh, and uh, you don't even need the histogram. I mean, the histogram here is is uh, uh, taken and derived slightly from Ichimoku strategy um, because it represents the momentum the the distance between the momentum line of Tenken uh, and, and and Kijun which are one of the basic factors for um, to, to be used in within the Ichimoku strategy when, when these two aligns uh, when when the histogram aligns of color wise and trend line and trend wise upside or downside uh, it just simply points additionally whether the trend is strong in power or not Right. So when the, for example, the greatest, the strongest uptrend is when the there is a uh, orange, when there is an orange um, upsloping momentum, sorry, upsloping momentum for uh, for the stochastic, and at the same time histogram is just following up the same rail, the same way. Right. Whenever they ask the spot, whenever we spot the situation that there is a uh, there is a histogram growing, but for example, uh, in here in, in this point, uh, as you could tell. Now there is a histogram actually just dropping. It means that the trend is losing the the pace, right? It's just losing additionally, confirmed by a different other indicator that has just lost its its pace. And this is like if you want to go and use the Burbicator, this is definitely a good point to read that. Um, and uh, what we need to be aware of with that and how how we can interpret there is often like a I believe unwritten rule, okay. For, for, for all the oscillators, for all the momentum oscillators, that here from the overbought area to the oversold area, these are the most important parts that you need to watch. And there is like a principle, not not probably written any anywhere in the books, but like a practice, common practice or common tendency, that whenever the market drops out and starts trending downwards uh, from, from the overbought area, it's doomed to reach the opposite edge, right? So... This is point that we need to mention also that we could expect this ribbon, this momentum to follow up and see uh, itself with uh, within the oversold area, right? When the market is temporarily trend-wise and momentum-wise oversold and undervalued, and see how nicely it corresponds with all uh, my my Twitter projections so far, right? Because one thing is just saying. Uh, one thing is just saying, you know, the accumulation pier here, right, which I managed to happily call the other day uh, for, for, for it being the, the actual bottom. Fun fact, <laughs> I was doing that live on stage on Keynote uh, in, in Vegas. I was talking about it. That's, that's, that's kind of like hilarious. But, um, but yeah, that's, that's, that's true, right? And you can spot two, two key trends and uh, to spot them. Like I also put in this in this in my pin thread on the on the Twitter, this fun principle that I'm watching, right? And the fun principle is nothing else than just three sets of high time frame, mid time frame, low time frame trends, okay? 
and uh, obviously the lower, the lower the time frame is, the more steeper the more steeper it gets, right? And uh, this way you're able this way you're able to to project that price tends to follow the steepest path at times, then it breaks down because this is not sustainable of longer period. It finds the support, okay? It just later bases and relies and moves towards the progressive support of mid time frame trend. And when it, this one is broken and it just follows the full retracement, it just relies and fully backs up on, on the high time frame part, which is the very case here, right? Which is the exact case over here. And um, so we can tell and spot the, the actual long-term long -term, uh, trend line. You can go and see actual mid-time frame trend line. Okay, not to mention some short time frame trend line that's already been broken and retested successfully that I also was talking about on Twitter. Now we are just trending below this trend line, confirming and validating local, confirming by close the local, you know, fact that we that we simply broke down and closed below the trend line, right? Mm -hmm. So we could expect based on that another series of potential breakdown retest and just come back to the very uh very area over here. If we go like just closing closing up on that uh, and diving into support resistance levels. This is like a fun principle because like, I, I use it myself very, very much a lot. Uh, 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 let's just clear that out for a second. And if you go and want to dive in uh, for some specific levels, firstly, cannot ignore this trend lines that I just spotted, okay? On top of that, I am relying mainly on pre-breakout and pre-breakdown levels. And I think this is very important because if, the, if you're having like a period of consolidation, right, after, for example, some downtrend, and if you are seeing some support being held, some period of, of raging or rectangle, and it just breaks down with one move, okay, then it means that the move, this, this big thrust that just happened, so the, the candle before that, or the bar before that, had to be of super significance from technical point of view that once lost the support, it just resulted in huge sell-off. Okay, and based on polarity change principle, uh, we could expect that broken support turns into resistance, right? So we could expect potential retest and come back to this area sooner or later and see what just happened, right? See what happened over here, see how so, um, see how perfectly it just rounds up with, uh, with all the pre-breakdown levels. Like here, this pre-breakdown level was of super significance because we didn't see the close through this level, okay, uh, previously. So... Uh, Closing this uptrend above this, this trend line is of huge technical importance as well because it proves that market is stronger than in this point, is more certain than in this point, is more healthy and ready to go higher. And I'm taking it, and I'm taking it. So another pre-breakout levels before the big frosts is simply how to spot them. You need to, you need to realize to spot the big frosts, okay? Big candles like that, like that, big candle like a... Where's that? Like this one, right? The more you spot of these, the, the greater your chances that you spot some significant level. Again, so pre-breakout level, right? The level right before the big thrust to be broken was this one. And see how perfectly you just later retest it as a support. Okay, another point over here. And we have a, a support of clusters, uh, sorry, cluster of supports, which is the demand zone. On top of that, every resistance uh, that, that has to be broken uh, serves as a support later for, for, for polarity change. And again, right, another another uh, pre-breakout level over here of this bigger thrusts. One is the short interest, and second is the demand zone. And if you second is the mid-time frame demand zone. And if you go and spot how well it corresponds with the trend line principles, okay, that I just brought, uh, then you are able to tell uh, that this is what we are truly looking for, okay? This is maybe not 8K, but within this area, as you can as you can spot, this area over here is what we need to consider, consider to be, uh, you know, huge technical confluence between the diagonal progressive support, the zone of, of demand, right? Zone trapped between the demands, which itself serves as the demand too. And, uh, and all in all, we could expect some potential correction like that, right? We, we, just, saw, we just saw the breakdown. It's just stopping short-term demand. So we could, expect the probe, uh, we could expect the pullback over here. If it fails, obviously, because everything in technical analysis and trading is conditional, right? If it fails. 
Uh, then we could expect the continuation of the retracement and actually just following up regular um, regular ABC uh, or uh, regular ABC long-term or mid-term ABC of, of Elliott, right? To just continue the, uh, the rally later towards the new all-time high. And this is, this is still my take. This is still my take. I expect this area to be tapped in demand and just simply be followed by, by a stronger impulse and um, or actual correction and following the local downtrend for uh, for reloading the demand around 9k entire zone from uh, 8.4 to 9k is a big buy for me and that's what I would definitely leave you with right now right on yeah we uh, I'm setting my buy orders right now verb um, <laughs> no good, I, good. I, I do I do appreciate that analysis and I, I tend to agree with you um, I think there's a great cause for uh, retesting that eight uh, 8.4 area, and um, uh, I'll be or reload there personally, um, you know, and and would expect a uh, a pretty strong reaction from those levels as well. Right on, guys. Well, you have given our um, our listeners and viewers a, a true tour de force. Uh, here with this uh, uh, TA breakdown. I'd love to give our co-hosts and guests an opportunity to kind of wrap things up and uh, as we are known to do, leave with final thoughts for uh, TA and, and BTC in general. So Cal, would you like to lead us off for uh, for anything you'd like to leave our listeners uh, thinking about? Well, uh, you know, to just kind of touch on uh, everything that we've gone over, um, it does seem that... Uh, there is an overall bullish trend uh, occurring, and uh, long-term, obviously. I'm not going to put any numbers, targets, or anything like that out there. But uh, as Burb covered earlier with the whole uh, dips and peaks and, and with, on the logarithmic chart and everything, it's uh, fairly obvious uh, what should logically occur next. Uh, doesn't necessarily mean that the mar- market is going to behave logically. It's, in fact, famous for irrationality. So stay safe, uh, proper, uh, practice proper risk management, and don't over-leverage yourself and never go all in on a single trade. Amen. That's in the Ten Commandments. Uh, Adrian, what about you? Any, anything to leave our listeners with? Yeah, 100%. Uh, just to keep it short, follow us all on Twitter and we'll be all good. There you go. And uh, and wrapping things up, uh, Sponge, uh, what do you have for our listeners? I think just uh, play the long game, really. You know, this this market's not going anywhere. I think you've got plenty of time. Just, you know, if you're new to this, then uh, just try and accumulate uh, uh, good areas. You know, look logically at the weekly chart and, you know, just be mature about it. Don't just go all in 100 times like... You know, like right now, for example, probably a pretty shit area to just fucking leverage yourself out of the equation. The advice that, uh, I'm not, I'm not going to say advice because it sounds like I'm giving financial advice, but you know, what I would suggest to people would uh, that are not experienced traders or whatever is to, you know, you, you could take just $20 out of each paycheck and just buy $20 worth of Bitcoin every paycheck. Uh, you don't don't have to follow any charts. Don't worry about leverage or anything like that. Just buy twenty dollars worth of Bitcoin every paycheck. Yeah, I, I completely agree on the dollar cost averaging. In that was going to be my uh, final thought as well. Um, you can almost look at it like an index buy uh, for you know uh, establishing a position. It just indexes it over time instead of over over different assets. So I, I would say that that's a, a really smart uh, tip for anybody looking to uh, enter the market. I think that people would be remiss not to look at other legacy markets, you know, uh, for a little bit of perspective uh, in terms of where crypt- crypto is and, and where it's going as it takes its place alongside uh, other, you know, m- much more developed asset classes. You know, there is going to be a great deal of volatility, but... Um, you know, look at capital flows uh, and uncertainty in uh, larger markets, and uh, understand that um, you know what what we're seeing with Bitcoin is uh, entirely unique, uh, but it has very much has a place at the table. So don't uh, don't get shaken off the ride. Um, and that does it for me, guys. I want to thank you so much for being here. 
Um, Soko, you've been exceedingly generous with your time today. Thank you so much, man. Yeah, no problems. Adrian, uh, thank you so much for being here. You're, you're a true trooper. And we appreciate you. Thank you. It was a pleasure as always. And I want to thank you. And finally, Sponge. Uh, Sponge, you've done a great job today, man. Uh, really appreciate you. And, uh, and thanks so much for sharing your insights. No problem, man. Very same to you. Yeah. And, um, you know, on top of that, uh, I would almost forget. Mm, I don't know if you remember, but there was like a huge uh, promotion, a huge discount uh, giveaway for, uh, for the Permanest uh, exclusive subscription programs. And there were like free giveaways for that, okay? Including hoodies, including the, the free packages I said, right? And uh, as I promised, I would like to go and randomly pick one person, one person that just followed all these steps, like retweeted, etc. For uh, for the for the giveaways, right? So let's see and give it a look. So let me copy paste the the link and use the random uh, random picker, okay? I'm marking that I'm not a fucking robot. Who knows? Uh, click and pick a winner. Okay. And let's see. Let's see. Uh, JSCN dot set done. Let's see this very tweet. Okay. And uh, okay. This is this is given. Um, and this person this person wins, as promised, one package for free, one package of monthly exclusiveness club, our top uh, best-selling uh, program, most popular subscription program, and I will be more than happy to welcome you, brother, officially. I'd like to thank our listeners for joining this episode of The Nest Show. We invite you to connect with our guest on Twitter, where SoCal can be reached at SoCal underscore crypto. SoCal's CoinHQ is at CoinHQ underscore. Burb is at CryptoBurb. Sponge is at SpongeCoinBob. And I am at BenjaminT1717. If you've appreciated the depth and breadth of what you've heard with us today, subscribe to our podcast and find our landing page at theburbnest.com. We have a vibrant Discord community which acts as our central hub of operations, and we welcome you to join us by visiting theburbnest.com discord. We also offer an extensive free bulletin on emerging crypto market trends, exclusive undervalued gem reports, and in-depth expert technical and fundamental analysis at theburbnest.com bulletin. We always appreciate engagement from our community, which of course means liking the video and subscribing to our page, where we insist on bringing you the highest quality content available. Also, we're happy to incorporate tips and topics from our listeners and encourage you to email us at thenestshow at theburbnest.com. After much demand, we are excited to finally introduce a host of delicious merch. Starting with my favorite, an assortment of comfortable hoodies. You can now sport your Burbnest pride in style with our branded goodies. Be sure to visit theburbnest.com slash merch for more info. And don't forget to check out at CryptoBurb on Twitter for ongoing merch giveaways and more ways to participate with our community. This podcast has been brought to you by The Burbnest. Thank you and trade on.